just, just staying in existence, staying open is a struggle every year. Uh, parents that send their children and their young people to HBCUs, a lot of them went to HBCUs themselves and are, are grateful for the experience. And again, you know, sometimes in certain environments you're ashamed to be like pro-black, but uh, everybody else is pro whatever they are, so we might as well be thankful that we are who we are. And I thank God for these institutions. Now, let me just, this is just a little marketing for Central. It's a little marketing for, uh, what's some of, uh, what we got? Oakwood University, uh, all of our HBCUs. Let me tell you something. Uh, Fisk, yeah, man. Howard, all of them. There is a big difference, and I've heard this, there's a big difference. No disrespect to those of you who went to other schools, I'm just saying. There's a difference. There is a difference, it's seen, between those that attend these schools that have little money, that do not have the acclaim that Harvard and Yale have. But I've seen people come from these small schools and do great things for God, great things for God. I don't know what it is, I just think that God's hand is on these schools, and these schools provide identity for our people. They do. That's all I'm gonna say about it, because, I mean, look, it's Black History Month, y'all might as well, I mean, we should just talk about it just a little bit. Uh, so my wife and I, you know, we made, we made some decisions that, you know, our children, especially in their developmental years, will be in institutions where they, are, where, where they can be celebrated for who they are and not denigrated. I really, want, I really want my kids to know who they are in Christ, number one, and to know their identity. I don't know about you, my dad made me read all that stuff. My dad was very pro-black, very Afrocentric, and all year long, it was all black all the time, but it wasn't all black all the time to the detriment or the disrespect of other races or ethnicities. I just learned that it's okay to celebrate who you are I, matter of fact, you can't even love anybody else until you love yourself. Amen? Can't do it. And especially, uh, just want to acknowledge, even now, we, got, we have an alumnus here who is doing great things of Central, and he is now the president of the NAACP right here in Cleveland, Michael Nelson. Go ahead, man. Right over there. Very good. It's good stuff. Anybody else here alumnus of Central? Yes? And Michael's daughter, Nikki. <laughs> um, one more thing I want to say. Man, how disrespectful can this city be to send a bill to Tamir Rice's mother for $500? I mean, look, city of Cleveland don't got that nowhere. They don't got 500 somewhere. But again, again, we're not preaching. I don't want you. Come on now. I'm not preaching exclusion. I'm not preaching racism. Man, you got to walk in these shoes for a little while to understand why it's important for us to celebrate who we are. Would you say amen? All right. Well, let's, let's do this real quick because we want to hear the choir sing one more time before we leave, all right? And unlike at, 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 our, at our headquarters, we had to be out of here by a certain time. Come on, say amen. Amen. All right. I want to get into our subject today. This is our last sermon in our series on the subject foolproof. What's our sermon, everybody? Foolproof. And what we've been really asking is, is if we ask the right question, we believe we'll make right decisions. Unfortunately, most of us in here, if you're breathing, you've made some dumb decisions 
Don't make me feel judged right now, but if you have made at least one dumb decision recently, just put your hand in the air. Come on, recently. Yeah, recently. Everybody say, oh, I made dumb decisions back in the day. I'm talking about recently, right? Yeah, yeah. How many, how many desire to walk in wisdom, in wisdom, in wisdom? Yeah, and that's really what we're talking about. And so we kind of feel like the best question to ask is not, is it right or wrong? What's the question, everybody? Is it wise? Move that for me. Is it, what's the, what's the what, everybody? What's the wise thing to do? We really feel like, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. We feel like that's a better question to ask than is it right or wrong. Most of us know what's right and wrong. And, and typically, if you got to ask, then you're about to compromise on something. <laughs> you're about to compromise. If you ask, is this wise, more often than not, you'll make the right decision. I feel like, don't, don't, I'm not trying to preach light stuff. I just feel like, Doctrine is crucial, like we need doctrine. Doctrine is nothing more than the teachings of the Bible. In addition to that, there are many of us who have good doctrinal knowledge but make poor decisions all the time. <laughs> like we know the Bible backwards and forwards, but for whatever the reason, we keep repeating cycles of dumb decisions. Or we don't make right decisions in right moments. And I've discovered, just look through life, look at people, look at Johnny Manziel, I'm, I'm, you know, really, one decision, one decision. Well, it really wasn't one with him. Yeah. It's a bunch, an accumulation of decisions. I would make a comment, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to say it. It's Black History Month. Don't worry, after Black History Month, I won't say this no more. And listen, we're not a racist church. Listen, we, we're, we believe we're multicultural. It just so happens that Cleveland is 60% black. So that's, I mean, it's just the numbers, right? But um, man, if, that was, if, if he were black, if Johnny were black, come on, somebody. <laughs> Nevertheless, I, I do need to just point out that in his life and so many others, as we're seeing um, this recent car accident that happened here in town, somebody actually connected with our church, somebody connected with our church, Frank Brown lost his daughter. Some of you heard about it on the news. A drunk driver made a decision, made a decision, just made a decision, don't have too much to drink made another decision, going to drink and drive. Car swerved, or was, no, not swerved over, uh, dri was driving in oncoming traffic on 480 and ran into and killed one of our brother's sisters, Marvin Brown, you know him, works for our conference, his brother's daughter, Frank Brown, that's her daughter, one decision. Yeah, it's just one, just one decision, one decision. Some of you right now are living the consequences of one decision. Should have never married her. It's true. Should have never married him. Should have never parked that car with her and him in there. My God, my God. Yeah, I, no, honestly. And so I do think, how many agree? There is a place for us talking about how to be wise. And how to live in between Saturdays and Sundays. Most of us make the right decision to come here, then after that, it's over. <laughs> Just tomfoolery after this, just <laughs> stupidity, right? And so God wants us to do the wise thing. Uh, and so here's a way to ask this question in three phases. Let's see this three-dimensionally. Read that, everybody. In light of my past experience, uh -huh, my present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing? Man, you know, how many, you know how many people you eliminate from your life when you ask that? 
I just spoke at a university just on this just Thursday, and I was talking to the young people. They brought me in there for a purity conference. And one of the things I was telling them is like, you know, like there are there are people that you roll with at certain seasons of your life. How many know you ain't rolling with those same people now? You know? It's like you got temporary, you got temporary people for temporary moments. But a lot of times, many of us, because we don't operate in wisdom, we don't realize in light of my past, I got some stuff in my past, some dysfunction, some issues. My present situation is on struggle. And then my future looks real good. So in light of all of that, what's the right move for me to make? The right move for me may not be the right move for you. Like some of y'all can, y'all can eat whatever you want all the time. You don't gain no weight. None. Y'all make me sick. Can't stand you. Right? No matter what they do, they just ain't going to gain no weight. I mean, whatever you say to them, it's just, I mean, whatever. Uh, what I'm saying to you is, is, but that may not be right for you. You have one donut, five pounds comes on the next day. Right? Some of you can't handle being with the opposite sex by yourself. No, I'm just serious. Like, what extreme, we talked about, we talked about sex last week. What extreme are you willing to go to avoid making dumb decisions? Seriously. So we, as we begin to process that, I want to share something with you today. The title of my message is Your Breath Stinks. The title of my message. Yeah. The title of my message. Your Breath Stinks, all right? Here we go. I'll explain in a minute. 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 It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. All right, let's go. Let's go to the text. And let's, let's move through these. Here's our scripture. I want you guys to try to follow along. I'm going to stand to the side just so you can see the screen, okay? So here it is. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. Lord, help us with this. All right, here it goes. The Bible says, for three years, there was no war between Aram and Israel. This is 1 Kings chapter 22. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Won't be long. Verse 2. Then during the third year of King Jehoshaphat, somebody say Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat. of Judah, went to visit King Ahab, of Israel, just for your reference, somebody like Judah, Israel, how they have two kings because they kept disobeying God. The kingdom got split. Assyria came in, kicked their behinds. And so now there are two kingdoms, the northern kingdom, which is Israel, the southern kingdom, which is Judah. All right, you following me? The Bible says in verse 3, during the visit, the king of Israel said to his official, this is Ahab. Y'all probably know Ahab. Ahab did a lot of dumb stuff. That's why we're picking him today. This is what he said to Jehoshaphat. He said, do you realize that the town of Ramoth-Gilead belongs to us? And yet, we've done nothing to recapture it from the king of Aram. Verse 4, then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked, will you join me in battle to recover Ramoth-Gilead? Ahab is saying, yo, Jehoshaphat, I want to go get back my property, and I'm asking, will you go to war with me? Here's Jehoshaphat's answer. Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, why, of course. It's good friends, right? Good friends are, will roll with you not only when you're blessed, but when you got to go to war. Come on, say amen. amen. He said, you and I are as what, everybody? My troops are your troops. Oh, come on, somebody. That's, that's the kind of wife you need right there. That's the kind of husband you need right there. The kind of friends you need right there. I'm with you. My troops, your troops. Let's go to battle together. Ride and die. Verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat added, <laughs> I love this. He said, but, first let's find out what the, I'm, I, look, I'm, I'll roll with you. We boys, look, we're going to go in this thing together. But hold on one second. 
We do, you're my man. But I want to hear what God has to say about this. Watch what happens here. Verse 6. So the king of Israel summoned. Now, not, watch this. It says the prophets. What kind of prophets, everybody? The, the prophets. These are prophets on his payroll. Watch for pimped out prophets. You got to watch them. You got to watch them. Mm -hmm. It's hard to take counsel from people that need you all the time. He says, and ask them, should I go? Should I go? He asked the prophets. He said, okay, should I go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should I hold back? They all replied, that's, this is something else. They all, all 400 of them said, yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give the king the victory. That's the kind of word you get when you're paying somebody. When they're paying you rent, you're going to ask them for counsel. Like, what they going to tell you? They're going to tell you exactly what you want to hear so they don't get kicked out. Verse 7. Verse 7. But Jehoshaphat asked, this is what he asked, is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. Verse 8. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, there is, no, there is one more man who could consult the Lord for us. <laughs> but I hate him. <laughs> he, he, he never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Let me tell you what he's basically saying. He's like, this dude throws shade every time I ask him for a word. I don't like what he has to say. Jehoshaphat replied, that's not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say. Verse 9, so the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, quick, bring Micaiah, son of Imlah. Verse 10, King Ahab of Israel, the king of Jehoshaphat of Judah, dressed in, and this is crucial, dressed in, stay with me, y'all, please stay, dressed in their royal robes and were sitting on thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. Like they, they tried to get real important looking just to get a word from the Lord. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of him. Look at the mess. Look at, look, look at the scene. They got 400 prophets. They're sitting on thrones. They had somebody bring the thrones. Before the prophet comes, he needs to know we're running things. Before the prophet comes, he needs to see that I got 400 prophets that will prophesy in my favor. They're basically trying to intimidate the man of God before he shows up. Y'all still here? I promise you, it ain't going to be long. I just need you to be here. Verse 11 one of them, are we at verse 11? Yeah. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Kenaanah. <laughs> hey, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Made some iron horns and proclaimed, this is what the Lord says. With these horns... You will gore the Armenians to death. Verse 12. All the other prophets agreed. Yes, they said. Go up to Ramoth Gilead and be victorious. For the Lord will give the king the victory. The band start playing. Folks start shouting. And the king felt real good. Verse 13. Meanwhile, the messenger who went to get Micaiah said to him. Now watch this intimidation, y'all. Woo, look. All the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure that you agree with them and promise success. Verse 14. But Micaiah replied, as surely as the Lord lives, I... Uh, thank you, Lord. 
God raise up a generation of Micaiahs. As surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. Verse 15. When Micaiah arrived before the king, this is funny, y'all. Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should we hold back? Micaiah replied sarcastically, yes, go up, be victorious, for the Lord will give the king the victory. Verse 16, but the king replied sharply, how many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Verse 17, then Micaiah told him in a vision, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains. Y'all still here? Like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Verse 18, didn't I tell you? The king of Israel, Ahab, exclaimed to Jehoshaphat, he never prophesied anything but trouble for me. Verse 19, then Micaiah continued. I know this is a lot of Bible, but uh, that's why we're here, right? <laughs> okay. Then Micaiah continued. Y'all might get your breakthrough just reading the scriptures. Then Micaiah continued, listen to what the Lord says. Oh, I can see him with his pointy finger pointing in the king's face. He ain't scared. Come on, y'all. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne with all the armies of heaven around him on his right and on his left. Verse 20. And the Lord said, who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Ramoth Gilead so he can be killed? Buckle your seatbelts. Watch this. There were many suggestions. Verse 21. And finally, a spirit approached the Lord and said, I can do it. Verse 22. Watch this, guys. Here's the danger zone. How will you do this, the Lord asked the spirit. Verse, the next verse. And the spirit, lowercase s, the spirit, lowercase s, the spirit, lowercase s, replied, I will go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You will succeed, said the Lord. Go ahead and do it. Verse 23. So you see, the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, for the Lord has pronounced your doom. Verse 24, then Zedekiah, son of Kenanah, walked up to Micaiah and slapped him across his face. And this was his word, since when... Did the spirit, big S, of the Lord leave me to speak to you? He demanded. Verse 25. And Micaiah replied, you will find out <laughs> soon enough when you are trying to hide in some secret room. Verse 26. Arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Ammon, Ammon the governor of the city, and to my son Joash. Verse 27. Give them this order, almost done, for the king, from the king. Put this man in prison and feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from the battle. Last, last few verses. But Micaiah replied, if you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken. Translation. <laughs> if I'm lying, you dying. <laughs> Are y'all hearing me? He, oh, this thing is going to go down, he's saying. He said, but Micaiah replied, if you return safely, it will mean that the Lord has not spoken through me. Then he added to those standing on the ground, everyone mark 
my words. God, raise up some prophets, Lord. Raise up some Micaiahs. Verse 29. So King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah. Now, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, Jehoshaphat, you told Ahab to seek a word from the Lord. Now, what, what happened? What happened? What happened when you asked God to speak? God spoke. Now you're rolling with Ahab. I declare to you, most of the dumb decisions most of us make, make them because somebody else did. Huh? Verse 30. Go to verse 30 so I can end this. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, as we go into battle, now look at it. He's going to try to get around the prophecy. I will disguise myself so that no one will recognize me. But you wear your royal robe. Now he's trying to set up Jehoshaphat. You look like a king. I won't. By the way, this is what happened. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. Verse 37. So the king died. <laughs> you all just catch what just happened there. Uh, you can't get around what God says. He says, and his body was taken to Samaria and buried there. And that is the reading of the word. Amen. So the title of my message is your breast stink. Now, the reason why I chose that was because uh, I couldn't think of nothing else, honestly. But no, seriously, you know, that's one of the hardest things to say to somebody. <laughs> it's one of the hardest things to receive. So I use that, I use that illustratively, not to offend you, not to come at you, but I've discovered there are some things, there are some things that ought to be said to us and some things we ought to say to other people. And the truth of the matter is, there's only a few people that can say that to me and I'll receive it, my wife and those close to me. But the reason why I can receive it, go to the next slide, is because I know it comes from a place of love. There are many of us who cannot handle your breast stink kind of word. What I'm really saying is, is can you, can you handle an offensive word? Can you handle an offensive word? Or do you only want to hear a word that makes you feel good? Do, do you feel me now? You see where we're going with this thing? Like, it's real hard, honest people in here, it's real hard to receive criticism. Those of you who have moved past that and can handle anything, you're lying. But for most of us in here, how many know even from the people that love us, to be checked is a hard thing to receive. Come on, just lift your hands. It's hard, it's hard to receive it. But how many know when it comes from somebody that loves you, you can receive it, right? Here's the thing. we got to have, that's all I want to say today. you got to have people like Micaiah in your life. We need people in our lives who love us enough to tell the truth. Oh, man, Lord, have mercy. If I told you your breakthrough was on the way, you would have shouted. If I told you your miracle was coming, I'd have got more amens. If I told you that millions were in your future, you'd be shouting right now. Or if I start preaching about your enemies, you'd really be getting happy, right? But here's the thing. In in modern-day church, look, I'm not the preacher that makes himself to be like I'm better than other preachers and stuff like that, but I just got to tell the truth. Man, a lot of the word that I'm hearing Now, on television, I mean, I I go down to Oakwood every year and spend time with theology students. We've got this super sensitive, insecure preaching that's going on where people are afraid to tell God's people the truth because they don't want to lose crowds. They don't want to lose funding. They don't want to lose the acclaim of people. Oh, my gosh. But as I look in the scriptures And I see the role of prophets. Prophets were to tell people what God said, no matter even if it cost them their lives, 
God raise up even in the church some folks who not only can handle truth, but who love one another enough to tell the truth. Now, I've come to a place now where I'm like, if you don't tell me truth, you don't love me. Oh, bless his name. Thank God for a real wife. Oh, listen, everybody, let me talk to this crowd over here. Thank God. No, seriously. Thank, okay, not, not just wives, but people around you. Uh, how many, how many of you right now appreciate, be honest, how many of you appreciate the often critical word from a mother? How many receive it? You may not receive it at the moment. How many receive an often critical word from a father? How many receive that? But how many receive it from a person that doesn't really value you? How many receive it from a person that's barely in your life or that only shows up in your life when they need something? Understand now, everybody has not earned the right to speak into your life. And and I want to say this very clearly and unapologetically. I'm almost going to even say, because you ain't going to receive it anyway, that, 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 that you need to try the spirits. Yes. Of those that speak into your life when they have made no investment in your life. There is a difference between criticism that tears down and constructive criticism that builds up. Oh, I praise God right now. I tell the story all the time. You've heard it a thousand times. But this is a part of my personal transformation. My wife and I, when we first got married, I knew it all. I had all the answers. I, I, I mean, I couldn't be told nothing. And I, I, had, I essentially got to a place where my wife shut down on me. She shut down. She, she basically got to a place where she said, I ain't going to tell him nothing no more. He ain't going to hear me anyway. Uh, look, man, I'm telling you, look, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be in a place where the people around you that love you can't even get through to you. Because you have built up such a wall of arrogance, or such a wall of you know it all, that can't nobody tell you nothing. You can't always see the piece of toilet tissue that's on the back of your shoe when you come out the bathroom. Sometimes somebody's got to tell you that there's something in your nose. Somebody's got to tell you that your attitude is bad. Somebody's got to tell you that you're thinking too much. Somebody's got to tell you you need to pray about the situation. Somebody's got to tell you don't marry them. And I'm telling you, when you have invested, when you have invested in people, poured into them, when you've blessed them, then you've earned the right to tell them the truth. Otherwise, pray for them. How many many of you have somebody, somebody told me, let me just, just expose false prophets. Somebody told me a little while back, very recently, and I almost believed them. They came into my office, they were from out of town, and they said, the Lord told me to tell you that you are going to be gone in the next year. No, 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 no. Watch the word. It said, he, this is what he said. He said, God has bigger things for you than Cleveland. Immediately, by the spirit of his words, I knew that wasn't God. Oh, y'all not hearing me. The very, the very tone of his comments was to suggest that I'm bigger than I am, and I deserve more. Follow me now. When you begin to know God, know his word, know where God's taking you, you can immediately eliminate false prophecy, false word, wrong criticism in your life. No, 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 bro. This thing ain't about me. God ain't trying to make me big. Last time I checked, the word says, let me decrease. (laughs) Come on in here. So that he might what, y'all? Increase. 
Now feel me on this. We struggle to know which way to go. We struggle to make right decisions because many of us are surrounded by lying spirits. Ah, all right, so let me, let me wrap this thing up and get out of your way. Next one. Go to the next slide for me. The question I want to ask today is, why is it so hard to tell the difference between my voice and God's voice? Why? Why? Or people that, people that are supposed to be in your life to give you guidance, like everything. Let me just, everything has to be weighed. Case in point, like my kids the other day, uh, my little iPhone, um, you know, Siri, uh, you know, like serious. Siri, you know, I like Siri. Like sometimes just, just ask Siri questions and stuff like that. And they have this thing when you set up your iPhone. Uh, sorry, Samsung people. Uh, it's a Google Google Voice. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I had to take that shot. Uh, no, but uh, so when you're setting up the um, the Siri thing, that you have to say like "Hey Siri" like a bunch of different times, right? And so what the, what the system is doing is basically it's adjusting to your voice yeah. so that you can, say to the, you can say to Siri, say, hey, Siri, and it will acknowledge your voice because it has heard it enough where it's stored it in the, in the hard drive so that no matter, and I've, I've tried it, I can say it in different pitches. I can say it in different pitches, but, man, the system is so powerful, it knows it's me. It knows it's me. So, so, so my kids, the other day, Camden, he got my phone, and he was like, hey, Siri, like 100 times. It didn't open. Just, it didn't respond. Didn't even, didn't even acknowledge his voice. He tried to imitate my voice. Didn't matter. Why? Because the system was unfamiliar with the voice. Look, why is it so critical? Because God often sends people like Micaiah. I promise you, I'm just, I got a couple of points and I'm going to leave. God will send Micaiahs. He will send a word to yes. us. Yes. We'll ask for a word. God will send a word. We won't respond to the word because the truth of the matter is either A, we're just flat out disobedient, or B, we don't recognize who's talking. Seriously, I can, honestly, the most coveted thing in my life, the thing that I cannot live without is the voice of God. No, seriously, like, like what do you do when you can't hear God? Like, the Bible says trust in the Lord with all your heart. And, and here it is, y'all. Lean not to your own understanding. I'm telling you, the most dangerous thing in life is that, in fact, you are the voice you hear and you think it's God. Like, now, Larno Harris sang a song back in the day, Were It Not For Grace, I Can Tell You Where I Be. Now, this thing right there, it, it sobers me. Wandering down some pointless road to nowhere. With my salvation up to me. Church, no, feel me on this. Like, like as a Christian, what the next level of a Christian, where when you find when you can say, I'm growing, is when you get to the place where the voice of God is clear to you. You're not dependent on the preacher to tell you what God said. What happens when the preacher is preaching is confirmation. Because you know God's voice so good that no matter who's talking, you're able to discern, is this God or not? Too many of us are seeking paid, pimped out prophets for a word when God has given you the ability. Oh, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. When God has given you the ability to talk to him and get an answer. No, feel me. Or some of you feel like I just, I can't hear God and, and God's not speaking to me. The devil is a liar. This is what I've come to discover. That God is always speaking. There has, there has never been a time in your life when God has not been spoken. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Do you realize what power there is when God speaks? When God speaks, worlds come into existence. When God speaks, dead folk come to life. And know this, that that same word has been over your life from the day that you've been born. The Lord has never stopped speaking. The problem is not God speaking. The problem is we don't know his voice. Can you imagine, like, the advantage you have at work when the Lord speaks? Just the other day, my wife testified to me. Just the other day, she was working at a particular place. The Lord, it, was all, it was all God, straight spirit of God. Spirit of God told her, time to go. This is what God will do when you know his voice. Some of you know what I'm talking about. How many, can I get a witness in here? How many of you know the dangers that you avoid when you hear a word from the Lord? We just this week, she testified. She said, the Lord, we didn't know why. We, there was no apparent reason. She was taking a pay cut. And I'm like, oh, this, this is, I'm like, I'm the lying spirit. I'm like, oh, I'm like, baby, that ain't God. <laughs> that ain't the Lord. The Lord, no, our financial situation. The Lord wouldn't say that. My wife was convicted. This is what can happen when you know God's word. My wife was convicted. The Lord is speaking. She left that job. God gave her another. She just got a call this week that the office is closing. And they're laying people off. Oh, when you can hear God, you avoid the wrong relationships. You avoid bad financial decisions. Oh, come on. God can, God can deliver you from stuff that you cannot see in the future. Oh, man, one decision. Y'all remember Joseph? Do you remember Joseph? When the Lord told him, don't sleep with Potiphar's wife. He, didn't, he had a word from the Lord. He said, how can I do this thing and sin against God? And that one decision to hear God's voice and obey averted a whole nation. Years down the line, one word. Oh, oh, oh we don't need another political uprising. That's what the song says. Huh? We don't need a conqueror on the sea. What we need is a special word. That burns within our hearts. Give us direction. Yeah. Speak, Lord. We need a word from the Lord. Yeah. Oh, I feel, I feel God right now. How many of you right now, you're just in a place. Let's just worship the Lord. How many of you are in a place right now that the only thing you need, you don't need more money. You don't need another boyfriend, girlfriend. You don't need another job. How many know that everything can be solved if you just get a word from the Lord? How many just want to hear God speak to you? You just hear the powerful word of God. Why? Why is it so hard? Tell the difference. Here it is. Let's look at these points and let's get out of the way. Look what the scripture says, 2 Timothy 4. Read, y'all. For a time is coming. When people will no longer listen and wholesome teaching, uh-huh, they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who tell them whatever they're itching. You love your own opinion. When you're in love with your own opinion, you're a dangerous person. Wise people never get to the place where they don't need wisdom. As a matter of fact, a wise person is somebody who increasingly realizes they know nothing. You know, I just got my doctorate. 
not saying that to give props. Most of y'all know me now. That means nothing. All that taught me is I know nothing. The more knowledge you get, the more you realize you don't know Jack. Come on, say amen. Walk around the title. I'm Doc. Call me Doc. No. Like your boy just realized after four years and a 166-page paper that he don't know squat and that I daily still need to depend. I'm just that desperate for a word from the Lord. I don't care how many letters you got behind your name. I don't care how long you've been living. I don't care how many grades you have on your head. Nobody ever graduates and gets to a place where they don't need a word from the Lord. Next, next, next. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Matter of fact, just give me to my, oh, no, no, let me read this one. Mm-hmm. First, first John 4, First John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. Oh, man, everybody, everybody got a word now. God told me to tell you. We'll find out. We'll find out. And some folks, they're not that sophisticated and deep spiritually to say it like that. But essentially, they're trying to speak for your life. Fine. Let them talk. But then what you need to do is, is the Bible says, you must do what, y'all? Come on. Talk to me. Do what? Test them to see if the spirit they have comes from you. I had a dream. The Lord told me to tell you. Well, I mean, did you, did you, did you eat late last night? Are you emotionally unstable? Well, try them spirits. When, when. Case in point, right now, I'm preaching. Mm-hmm, try me. Try me. Yeah, try the spirit. Try, try what's being said. Some of us, we just hear the word, no matter how it sounds, we just receive it. Try the spirit. Are you receiving confirmation in your spirit right now that what is being said is of God? See, it's hard to come and hear a word when you ain't been putting no word inside your spirit all week long. And so then you come here and you're basically, you're basically, you're basically just vulnerable to whatever comes out of anybody's mouth. But I'm telling you now, when you get into the secret place, the Bible says he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God shall abide under the shadow of the almighty. In other words, God is able to succor you. He is able to protect you from false words, from things that are steadily coming out of your mind. Anybody in here constantly struggling with the mind games of the enemy, playing with your mind, you don't know which way to turn. You don't know how to feel about yourself. You don't know what to do with your life. And God is saying right now, I'll give you a word that'll change everything. Go on, go on, go on. My sheep. I claim this over my life right now. Somebody claim this thing. John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my what, y'all? I know them and they what? My wife's uh, sister, uh, Danielle. She, she used to call when we were in, in Tennessee, and, well, even now, well, you know, we don't, we don't have house phones no more. You know what I'm saying? So that, that could, I mean, like, she used to trick me because she called a house phone, and I, I used to think it was Shanae. Like, they sound that much alike. There's some of y'all in here sound alike. You know, you know, you got relatives, and if you listen long enough, you're like, hold on, who is this? And so I will be going along. I'll be talking to Danielle, think I'm talking to Shanae, but she would just say one thing, voice inflection, will send a red flag, that ain't her. Like, who this? Like, you ever been there before? Yeah. Where you're talking to somebody, think you're talking to somebody else? And then just one inflection. Oh, Lord, bless his name. Y'all not hearing me. <laughs> See, look, I know Sinead's voice well enough. You can pull it on me just for a few minutes. But after a while, I am so attuned to her voice that I can figure out eventually if it's her or not. Amen. What Amen. the scripture is telling us is, like, see, come on, y'all. We just too busy. We scrolling all day. 
Like this, this your life. In between whatever else you're doing, you're just scrolling. And I'm not mad. I'm not saying it's sin. Is it wise to scroll all day when for real you ain't really heard from God in a long time? You've been kind of making it seem like you heard God, but for real, you're not really sure if it's you. So you kind of just do what you think might be the right thing to do. Stop scrolling. Like, get in the word. Like, spend some time on your face and ask God for a word. Stop operating on feelings all the time. Like, I feel like I should do this, or, or I feel like I should do that. Now, most of us just emotional. Everything we do is based on how we feel instead of getting a bona fide word from the Lord. All right, let's make these points and get out of the way. Fast forward. Let's go. i got to make these points. Here's why people jack up. Let's go. Difficulty hearing God. The first reason why people have difficulty hearing God is because they're closed-minded. First thing you got to do when you're trying to get a word from the Lord is saying, God, I got a dog in this fight. I'm going to be honest with you. I really want this thing to happen. But I suspend my will. And I'm open to whatever you have to say. See, many of us get stopped on the front end because you really not, no matter what God says, you ain't going to do it no way. Because you're closed-minded. And then you'll hear God, anybody done this before, like the preacher, you hear God say something, and then you just shift the thing and make it seem like it's the devil. Wow. And the next thing you know, you're in charge, like, and you calling that the Holy Spirit. Like, I'm telling you, that is critical. Oh, they just lost me. All right. It's critical that you get to a place, listen, y'all, where you suspect, like a Christian gets to a place where they have no will. Your whole thing is not my will, but thy will be done. Second point, second point, second point. You got you to gotta get rid of the noise. Some of us got too many voices. I was telling, I was telling one of the brothers here at the church, we, and, um, you know, trying to get a word from the Lord. But like, he on, but you, like you on YouTube all day listening to sermons, and you know what I'm saying? You, you like, you just everywhere trying to hear something. What I'm trying to tell you is, is like, you got to quiet that stuff sometimes. And what does the word say? It says, be still and know that I'm God. So, like, some of you got too many people in your head, too many things you're hearing. You know what I'm saying? Like, at what point do you just pause and say, let me just clear this thing out and just get my antenna up so I can get some reception from God so I can hear what he's got to say. Number three, let's keep it moving. Number three, number three. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Go back. You're lazy toward prayer and Bible study. Here's another thing that makes it difficult for, difficult for you to hear God. Like, okay, okay. guys, I, I don't really spend like something, but you can't not like, you can't be like a, I'm in trouble, I'm going to study God's word and pray person and think that when you're not in trouble that you're going to be able to hear from God. Like, I'm going to tell you this, if you're really in word and really in prayer, it will actually reduce your need to get confirmation from other people. God has the power to speak through this and through prayer. Oh, look, do you ever look at these cats in the Bible? I mean, like, God literally is talking to Abraham. Get up and go. Why can't, anybody, why, can't, why can't he talk like that right now? Why can't he talk like that right now? Why can't I hear God? Why, why do I got to like be like, I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, is this God? I, I don't know if this is him. I just need to like fast for like a year and just figure out if it's God. I'm telling you, when you are walking. Oh, y'all not receiving this. I, 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 
y'all, you think I'm supposed to say this because I'm a preacher. I'm telling you, when you have attuned your mind to know God's voice, it generally happens because you are a person who is consistently in the word, not trying to get information to be deep, but you're reading and praying for relationship. When you want God more than you want anything else in the world, God gives you everything you need for direction in life. All right, number four, number four, number four. I got one more. Number four, it says uh, delayed obedience. This is another reason why many of us have difficulty. Oh, okay, so you want a word right now, but you haven't obeyed the last thing God told you. The Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. So now you want God to give you a word on this, but God is like, I got like five other things I told you to do you didn't do. Like, if you didn't hear me on that, how you going to hear me on this? No, hold up. I'm going to be silent. Anybody heard God get silent on you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who in that season right now? Come on. <laughs> Listen, he's just silent on you. He, he don't say nothing. And a lot of times, that's him saying, either be still, wait on me, or that is, is I want to put something in your spirit because there's something I told you to do last week. You ain't did that. Y'all with me? Okay, next, next one, next one, next one. Don't seek godly counsel. So after all of that, after you prayed, after you sought God, after you're in a relationship with him, or whatever it is, or you need some guidance, you have to surround, you've got to, how many of y'all got a squad? How many of you have a squad? Like a group of people that love the Lord, got the Holy Ghost, I mean, can speak into your life, can say your breath stank, and you receive it in love, you be like, bless the Lord? <laughs> you got a booger in your nose, praise God! Receive that, why? Because I love truth, speaking yeah. to my life. Yeah. You need to lose weight. I, feel, I receive it. Speak to me. Like, but do you have, some of y'all too big for a squad. Some of y'all done blown up too much to have a squad. Some of you are uncoachable. Some of you are unteachable. Some of you cannot have it. Nobody, some of you have nobody to give you guidance. Every decision you make, you make on your own. And I'm telling you right now, in my life right now, there are five people. I can call their names right now. Five people when I've got to make a major decision and God has not been clear to me. Or even when I think I hear God, I run it past them for confirmation. And there are five people that speak into my life almost every week on issues. You got to have your squad, man. And some of you are like, I don't have a squad. So what should you do? You say, pray. You pray to God and say, God, send me a squad. But when the squad comes, don't diss. Don't reject. Receive that thing. Okay, six and seven. It's got to be. It's got to be seven. Amen. Number six. Go up. You're impatient. Why you can't hear? Amen. I'm with you. Anybody here? God, don't speak fast enough. You don't speak fast enough. Look, I'm still tripping. Like, we on, L, we on LTE now, right? We like LTE. Like, when my phone switches to, like, 4G, your boy is salty. Like, I'm like, wait a minute. Four, do you remember when 4G was fast, though? How many of y'all were there, like, 4G? You got to have 4G. Like, 3G. I remember that. Like, if you don't have 3G, you're nothing. And then 4G. Now, LTE, I'm trying to figure out, like, well, what was he doing before LTE? We operate the same way with God. Like, if God don't speak right away, we like, I'm about to bust a move. I got to do something. I just can't sit here and do anything. But why can't? Why can't you? Why can't you just let the thing fail? And I've seen God allow stuff to fail, yeah. then step in right on time, turn that thing around. Yeah. Don't move ahead of God. Number seven. And then finally, we trust God. We trust ourselves too much. Your opinion matters too much. You know too much. God can't speak. 
when you, when you value your opinion too much, it's hard to hear God. It's hard to hear God. So today, let's, we, we're going to pray. Somebody needs to hear a word from the Lord. You, I don't know what you're in right now, but you got something you're in right now. And I promise you this, this will, this will solve it. You get a word from the Lord. That's it. Like if, he, if God just speaks, it's done, right? If you just get a word, a confirmation, an impression in your spirit, you get a squad around you that can speak into your life, pray over you, encourage you in that thing. Some of you right now, you don't know which way to go. You're not really sure if it's you or if it's God. And the Lord is saying right now, don't be like Ahab. I, God is speaking right now. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. Oh, this is a beautiful thing. Uh, breathe in and breathe out. Inhale, exhale. Uh, just as much air and oxygen that's in this room, that's how much word is in this room in your life. Just as much as you're able to take in oxygen right now, that's how much word. God never stopped speaking. And this is what the scripture says. He says that there can come a time where we don't hear his voice anymore. The scripture calls that the sin against the Holy Ghost. And that happens when we repeatedly disobey God's voice. But I just want to know, is there anybody here right now? You're just at a place, you're too desperate. You're too needy. You ain't ashamed to admit it. You don't want to be in control of your life. You don't want to be in control of your destiny. Your stuff is so deep. You're so needy, so desperate like this preacher that you just got, I got to have God lead me. I got to know his voice. I got to be able to hear him. When I'm walking, I want to hear him. When I'm talking, when I'm, I want to hear him. When I'm at work, I want to hear his voice. When I'm doing chores at the house, I want to get a download from heaven that is a word from the Lord. If we get a word... Who are you? Anybody here today? You feeling that? God's talking to you on that thing? Stand right now. You know the need is word. You need his word. You need a word. You need a word. Just a word. Just a word. I want to hear his voice, Pastor. That's next level Christianity. When you get to a place when God starts talking, you can hear him. Oh, my Lord. And then you are qualified to prophesy. You can prophesy when you hear what God says. You can speak into people's lives when you get a word from the Lord. Uh, uh, anybody with me on this? And you're like, Pastor, I'm here, I'm standing, but boy, there is something pressing right now. Listen to me, Lord. Listen, 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 listen. There is something pressing right now. And this is exactly what I needed to hear, Pastor. I need a word from God now. If you're, if you're here, I want you to just slip out of your seat. Come down here to the front. Can I pray with you right now that God will give you exactly the word you need. God bless you.